What's up, guys? Welcome to a new episode of the Neo Vintage Podcast. I am Jabrell, and I am with... Steve, how's everyone doing today? We are just two guys that like to talk over the biggest stories in gaming, and so we'll start with our first segment. What games are we playing? So, start with you. So, I haven't been playing much. Okay. Um, I'm kind of just really getting excited for all the stuff releasing soon. So, I've been just kind of clearing my plate. I went back and trying to finish off Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Okay. Just having a really great time with it. Now, it's... I got... I got the dual lightsabers, and now it's like... Real. So you're pretty deep into yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, now it's real good. And I'm just trying to finish that up. Besides that, I've just been playing that and Doom. Well, 2016. Doom Getting and, ready for Eternal. And prepare for the sequel, because I really love that game. I've never... I don't think I finished it on PlayStation 4. I think I finished it maybe on PC. So I'm trying to just collect some trophies, clean it up a little bit, and really just getting excited for the sequel. That's all I've been playing. Okay, so I'm, I've been kind of all over the place, so my main game I've been playing right now is Division 2. Again, I told you guys about the sale last week, really, really enjoying that. I'm like, I'm like seven, level 8, I think I just turned this morning, which doesn't mean much to people who don't play Division. But no, I've put a couple hours into it, I'm really, really enjoying it. It's brutal by yourself, though. I gotta say, like, when they they built it for multiplayer, like, they, they meant it. Like, it's brutal by myself, but I, I'm managing fine enough. I know people who play it alone, so it's obviously possible. Mm-hmm. But the, the sooner I can get a team together, the better, because I'm, I'm struggling at this point. Yeah. Uh, then I've been playing a lot of Star Wars games, so kind of all over the place. So I've been playing, like, the Pod Racer game on N64. I also bought a copy of Force Unleashed on uh, 360, and it's backwards compatible on Xbox One. I'm really enjoying that. Didn't realize how, like... Like out of control that game is in terms of with the force powers. Like I'm just like spamming the force power and it's like collapsing everything around me. I didn't remember it being that like hectic and chaotic. And then I've been playing uh, Shadows of the Empire on N64, and wow, okay. we'll get more into that later because I, I have some thoughts about that. But uh, that, that game is really something. So I've been playing a lot of retro games and play a little bit of normal stuff too. All right, all right. So we're gonna go right into our first story. It's been a light week. Yeah, we're in those weird dry spell. Be you know between announcements and everyone's really just on the cusp of the new generation of games and the big games finally starting to release in march but of course gdc and pax has now been affected by the coronavirus as sony and square enix and a few other companies have decided to pull their presence or greatly reduce their presence because of the worry of the coronavirus I don't think anyone really expected the coronavirus i, mean, I was wrong yeah, i was wrong i didn't for think sure. it was gonna be a big deal um I, in my mind, I kept, I know people were always greatly affected, but, it, you know, bird flu, swine flu, all that stuff. It's was, not the first time we've so heard about the, this. Yeah, exactly. It's not the first time we've went through this or suffered through this. So it's weird, but now it's like, you know, condolences to people who actually lost their lives or are highly affected by this. But now it's really leaking to a different aspect where conferences, shows, all these kind of things are being affected and people just are pulling out because... They don't want to catch this, and it's, it's a serious issue. Yeah, I mean, I was completely wrong about this. I didn't think this would have, like, any impact whatsoever. Again, because we've heard about the epidemic, like, we're, a pandemic is coming, it's going to wipe exactly. off everything, and nothing really amounts to it. And I saw it having effect. So it's having me, like, rethink my feelings, because I'm like, this, there's no way this affects a console launch. It's not going to do it. If this is affecting conferences now, and it's not really slowing, unless they roll out a vaccine, like... Is it going to impact the next gen? I mean, I, I don't know. It's affecting the working class Chinese population the most. And that's where Tencent is. And that's where all the parts are coming from. So realistically, maybe maybe I was wrong about that. Maybe it will. What, what do you think? I think it's actually possible. I was I was the same as you. Where I was like, it'll be fine. I'm like, you know, people, you know, unfortunately do pass from these things. 
But at some point, the vaccine will get out and people will start getting control of this thing. But when they started holding up like cruise ships and people weren't getting off for for days, and different all, and, different countries and, now. Yeah, it's it's just to a different extreme. And now you know workplaces are being shut down and and put on hiatus. So it's like, are these systems gonna be put together? Mainly, you know, Sony because I know Microsoft sometimes has work rounds and stuff like that, and who knows how far along in the production they are. Because I know like Phil Spencer said he has one at his house. Yeah. So it's pretty late into the so production process. So it may be process. pretty late, if he, especially if he has like a final version. If anyone would, he would have that. I do kind of believe, like, if a rumor were to come out soon, it's like, of consoles officially delayed till late winter 2021, you know, January, February. I'd believe it. I, I would 100% believe it because you don't want your people being afraid to come to work and, you know, later on dying, you know, these are people's jobs, and they don't want to miss work, but they also don't want to die. So I could see the councils being pushed to 2021. I hope they don't, but again, that's just because I want my shiny new yeah. box. So. Well, I mean, at least they have the benefit of having a launch window and not a hard date. So if there is a delay, it's it's kind of like a soft delay in the fact that we don't know how significant because holiday can mean a lot of different things to a lot mm-hmm. of different people depending on what retailer you're talking so if it gets pushed into 2021 it could be anything from like you know a couple weeks because if they were going to have a theoretical like november launch then they're only pushing it off six weeks if it goes into 2021 as opposed to if they had like a hard date and it's like we're, we're launching on end of september early october now we're no oh they're pushing off months so at least sony gets the benefit from that and, and Microsoft, too. Yeah, they both, again, I think they both just say generically holiday 2020. Yeah, nobody's put a hard date on it. So I'm assuming, again, in my gut, I was thinking probably October, November. Who knows if they're maybe going even, like you said, late November to December to maybe January. December's pushing it. That's really close to Christmas. I think December is If just, they can't hit November, I wouldn't be surprised if they push it to January. That's what I believe. I, I It'd be... It'd be so weird. It'd be like a Nintendo thing to do to release the uh, March release, yeah, March seventeenth or whatever. To 7th. release that council in December, like two weeks before Christmas, it's cool for hype, but you gotta, you still have to convince people to watch your system. So, yeah, you either you either beat out the holiday and then get that those Christmas sales, or yeah. you completely give it up and move into the next year because there's no way, no one's launching that close to Christmas. No, that's no. a death sentence. Yeah, <laughs> it's just terrible. Yeah, yeah, you'll burn. You'll no burn. one has money at that. You'll point. Absolutely burn. All right, so you want to jump to the second story? Yeah, I think that's all I have to say for that. All right, so for the small contingent of people who know about this game, but it was making a lot of headlines recently, and it's the game Biomutant that I thought had been long canceled some time ago just by nobody saying anything. So we got an update on the official Biomutant Twitter, and they announced that the game is still apparently happening, and it's not canceled. This is a statement they said, let us assure you that we have never been working harder and more focused on it than now. This is uh, the developer, the developer's uh, experiment. 101 and the publisher is THQ Nordic so do with that what your info what you want to do with that THQ Nordic they've been putting out a crap ton of stuff so they're publishing pretty much everything at this point all the entirety of the second party game releases is THQ Nordic and so this game is apparently happening it was originally supposed to come out in 2018 then it was bumped to 2019 we're in 2020 now I wouldn't be surprised it's like oh we're working on a next gen version so it's being pushed to 2021 mm-hmm. so We'll see if we ever see this game. I don't know who cares about this, but I saw a lot of people talking about it. So I like to be in the know. I watch all conferences. I'm on Twitter all the time from all these game developers. I've never, I've never heard of this game. That tells you everything I you didn't, need to know. I know. I looked at pictures. I vaguely remember that little raccoon cat thing with the eye patch. 
I have the cover pretty much. I yeah, I guess. I have never heard anything about it. I couldn't tell you if this was a shooter, uh action, an MMO. I could not tell you anything because I had no idea. I know nothing about it. I know that. nothing of this game. TH you know, THQ Nordic is publishing it. They also publish everything. They also think they can get away with everything. That's why they're releasing a four hundred dollar Destroy All Humans Collector's Edition, which is nuts. Isn't the SpongeBob game coming up through them? I too? think they're doing. I think, yeah, yeah, they're doing the SpongeBob game, which is also has like a crazy collector's, collector's edition. edition. It's ridiculous. I don't know who that's for. I mean, now I'll, I'll start looking into this game a little bit. Maybe it's something for me. But again, I have, I don't know. I, I just nothing's been coming out. I never heard of it. People in my little circle have never heard of it. I think maybe you know maybe this statement being on IGN right now when nothing was being published, it's still coming. Maybe that's good for them because nobody. Dead knew. Island Two is still coming though too. Like, what does that really that's, mean? That's, still coming? Yeah, you know that's that's true as well. I mean, maybe they'll just keep saying this game will keep coming and then eventually just. It's like the, again, like if a tree falls in the forest and no one's here to hear it, doesn't make a sound. Like if this game gets pushed off and pushed off and pushed off, eventually it comes to the point with no fanfare. Did it ever release? Does it even matter? Is this really a thing? Who is Experiment One Hundred One? Yeah. THQ yeah, Nordic. What are you doing? Exactly. Just who I, is this for? Just sweep it under the rug. I mean. I, Companies do it all the time. Rockstar did with that PS3 game. Just pretend it never happened. Yeah. They, just, they never cancel it. They, just, they don't talk about it, and it goes away. Do that, because I don't know what Biomutant is. And I honestly don't get it. I this. wish the best for them. It's a big, big uh, year. So good for them, I guess, if it's a passion project. But it is what it is for them. Them and the 40 people on Twitter that are excited for it, I hope you guys get your game. Maybe it'll go to Kickstarter. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe. For a final. Alright, so this week we had an Animal Crossing Nintendo Direct. Not the Direct everybody wanted because people were waiting for that Q1 Nintendo Direct. It's been a while. Because it's been a while in there. It's been pretty silent. But tons and tons of crazy good news for Animal Crossing fans. But once again, Nintendo shows their shortcomings with no way to natively copy your saves over... So Nintendo, you know, remember we do pay twenty dollars a year for the cloud save that is only very selective. Very selective. So I thought in my brain that it was all first party games. I was dead wrong. No, it's not all first party games because I just recently found out with Fire Emblem Warriors cannot do it. I heard that at some point they were gonna patch it. They never did apparently. Mine cannot cloud save anyway. So when I had to play it again, I had to restart. Animal Crossing is a big game though. To be able to lose your save, you're talking to people who put hours and hours. Hundreds of games. Wasn't there like that grandma last year who played like three hundred oh, yeah, something thousands. hours? Oh yeah, It's just insane. Yeah. And you're telling you know, I'd be devastated if I lost all that progress because I decided to get a new Switch later on. If they do announce a Switch Pro or even just a better Switch Lite, you want? You're telling me I know you can do that transfer to transfer, but if there's an error, there's no cloud save. And they have that. They had that weird tag on the bottom where it was like, you can read. You'll be able to do it one time, and then they took the video down, re-uploaded the direct, and changed it. Pretty much just saying later on we're gonna have give something. You something because why are you give me a limit? On how I can transfer my save. It just it's, it's Nintendo that paranoia. Again. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Like the direct was so good, and then they're like, oh, if you lose your save. Uh, who knows? I don't know. Maybe you can get it back. You can't cloud save it with Nintendo. This is a first party game. This is not The Witcher. This is not, you know, the Doom or any other third party game. This is your guys. This is you guys. The people who've been had your hardware and available to your service. I can't cloud save. 
I I was trying my hardest watching this direct to try to get into their headspace. Why, why are they approaching it this way? And the only thing I could really come back to is their paranoia towards exploits in any kind of way. And I don't know if they've explicitly expressed this before, but I know they're not fond of the idea of the classic trick that people have been doing since the GameCube days, mm-hmm. which is playing around with time and saves and different stuff to exploit and get different items when you're not supposed to get it and do weird things and speed processes along. But my issue with it is that this is not one of those like perpetually online Anthem type destiny type games. Like no one loses from this. Like, okay, let's say I do some weird exploitation thing on my save and start playing around and doing a whole bunch of breaking my game. Oh, okay. There's no animal crossing online. This is not pay to win. I'm not, I'm not one of the Chinese hackers in Fortnite. Like, let me do what I want. So I don't get their very regressive tendencies towards like online infrastructure in general. I, I don't get it because Nintendo gets so much right mm-hmm. in the places they need to get it. And then the small areas is always the online infrastructure. They're just so far behind on so many things. The way, the, again, the friend code situation, the voice chat situation. Oh, we can't do voice chat on the Switch. The PSP had Skype on it. I don't know that's, what you're talking yeah, about. That's true. I remember mics coming through on Fantasy Star Portable 2 on my PSP. Mm-hmm. On the PSP in, like, 2006. Mm-hmm. So th- that's a lie. I just... They, they have this weird paranoia with, like, people messing with things the way they construct it combined with the family-friendly thing and they don't want people talking to each other. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense in the aspect that... They're stuck in the 90s. Yeah, they want you to have a, a family of Switches. They want you to have a Switch light. They want you to have a Switch dock. Well, there's no way to transfer your save into headache there is like a way to have like two accounts on one switch on uh one account on two switches it's super annoying and downloads yeah, a whole don't bunch of transfer work. And, yeah but now you're telling me later down the road i finally decide what if i wanted that new uh coral switch like now you're telling me i may have run into an issue i may lose my 50 60 hours i've put into animal crossing those beginning hours of animal crossing those are a grind listen talk all that nonsense yeah. for that's a lot of time, you know, to learn the game, to then have to do that tutorial all over because, you know, forbid that your system breaks or just doesn't work, overheats, whatever it is. And when you're talking a handheld, that likelihood is higher. Exactly. Especially if you have a launch one. It's been a couple years. My my Switch sometimes acts a little funky. I have a launch one. To know that I may lose my progress not because of me, because of their hardware and their software doesn't work or they refuse to. That's, it's to me it's un, it's actually really unacceptable that I don't have cloud save on my Nintendo Switch. It's just weird because like again PlayStation I back up my saves constantly and re-download it in the, the second PS4 we have mm-hmm. in the room. There's like it's no big deal. It's not an issue until you try to act like there is a, mm-hmm. an issue. It was kind of like when Sony didn't want to enable crossplay because they were saying like, "Well, we have this environment that we're trying to play and we can't moderate on their side like Nintendo is not 10 times as family friendly as you. It's like an issue that yeah. doesn't exist and that they're trying to act like it's a thing and trying to almost speak it into existence to justify their bad mm-hmm. business decisions. And the reality is I think just Nintendo execs are stuck in the 90s in terms of everything. When everybody was going in one direction, they're like, oh, we don't need the online thing. And then they force their hands like, all right, fine, we'll do it. And mm-hmm. again, like the launch Xbox, the original Xbox had more solid online infrastructure than the Switch does in 2020. It's like that's, that's crazy. That's ridiculous. Yeah, people playing like all Rainbow Six and all those old games on original Xbox. They still expect me to have an app. 
to talk to my friends on. Absolutely not. I don't are, know if I have nuts? that app downloaded right now. Hell to, no. To, to, I had it for a weekend before no, I was I like, absolutely do not. I could, just, it doesn't, it doesn't work. So that's why you use Discord and stuff. But it's just, like you said, they're just stuck in the past. I'm able to, right now, hook up my Xbox 360, play a game that's backwards compatible on Xbox One. I can cloud save it, go to my Xbox One, a system that was released years later, bring it from the cloud, and same continue save. my same save. I did it with Star Wars The Force Unleashed, because I actually played that a few months ago. Works with Mass Effect? I, it works in Mass Effect. It just works for a majority of games. Lollipop Chainsaw, I just did it with to test it. I just don't think, why can't you just do it? Just do it. Stop. It's it's not a, I just don't even know what to say. It's just, it's, I'm going on a rant here. It's just annoying. I, why can't I just protect my my save? Protect the time I put into your game. Yeah, it's just, it's definitely just a priority thing. Their yeah. priority, which I got to commend Nintendo. At least when they drop a game, it's a finished game. Mm-hmm. There's not all these a million different patches they have to do to make it work. That's true. That's they, true. They, their, their bug testing is top tier and i gotta give them credit and so that's obviously always their priority is just good experience from day one but it's it's just they're so close they're so close to yeah. being good that like they and they do these small backwards decisions that i can't for even a moment understand why we're talking a team mm-hmm. just put a team on it yeah. to get the online infrastructure together like i'm not asking them to make mario destiny mm-hmm. Where you see 7,000 Marios running around in the same lobby. That's not what I'm asking for. Yeah. I'm just, let me upload the saves, the thing you already offer, and just put it across all the games. That's all. Not this weird spoon-fed one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want you want NES games? Oh, here's three. Oh, well, we have first-party ones we know you guys want to play, but no, here you go. Here, play Excite Bike again. <laughs> I don't I don't want to play Excite Bike again. I don't want to play. Baseball and all these random things. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. And, and I know they're... They're on it now because the internet went nuts. Twitter went nuts. They're going to fix... They're going to have a different solution. That's why they keep saying... To oh, an extent, though. To an extent, sure. they're yeah. going to fix the issue. Because that's why, they even again, they brought their direct down, quickly put it up with different wording to be like, oh, that's not what we meant, guys. So at some point, yeah, this little statement we just made won't be correct. And sure, Animal Crossing diehards will probably be like, oh, you guys are wrong. Yeah. Well, listen, that's what they said at the beginning. They fixed themselves. Good. I'm going to keep playing Animal Crossing. But let me tell you, if I ever lose my save... I'm not, never touching it again. I'm never going to touch it again. <laughs> There's no I, way. I, I just I'm can't. not sending my Switch into I them. Can't, I'm, yeah, I'm not doing So that. they can save one save to corrupt the rest of mine. Absolutely not. I don't trust them with it. Absolutely not. All right. So the next story is another apparent canceled EA Star Wars game. So according to Kotaku, uh, EA canceled a third Star Wars game codenamed Viking. Although details regarding Vikings' plot and, sec- uh, and settings are secret, the report said it was planned to be a spin-off off of uh, the Star Wars Battlefront with open-world elements. So, for anyone who played that game and the you know are aware of the the dice engine that it runs on, they there was a good groundwork there. So something that kind of builds upon that and focuses more on the story would have sounded really good. Again, this is not to be mistaken with like the Project Ragtag thing that was Amy Hennig's game that got canceled. That mm-hmm. I think a lot of that did get repurposed into Fallen Order. That they haven't explicitly said that, but playing Fallen Order, I feel like the Uncharted influences are pretty obvious. So this is obviously something they used from that project. This is a whole different one. So the main topic kind of here is, what are your thoughts on this EA Disney deal that have been talked to death? But in the couple years, we're going to enter a reality where that deal will probably be up. I don't know if Disney's going to re-up on it. So looking back on what EA's managed to do with this kind of Star Wars game exclusivity thing, what are your thoughts on it? It's 
I mean, the only shining star... There's only really two positives that came from the Zeal, which was Jedi Fallen Order. Um, even that had a, you know, that was rushed out. They just recently talked about how they were forced to release it. No, you know, no pun intended, but they were forced to release that game. That's why it was released with so many bugs. And the, and the redemption arc of Star Wars Battlefront 2. Not the original game, because that game launched. And it was, you guys remember the microtransaction uproar that, that EA <laughs> dealt with. Besides that, everything about Star Wars Battlefront 1 was terrible. I mean, yes, the solid gameplay was good, and it looks It's just gorgeous. empty, though. Just empty. But, and, I mean, that that diorama mode... That, yeah, I remember that. The diorama I mode was boring. That. I was like, the only other game that had a worse diorama mode was, like, that Godzilla game that came out. I had, like... Oh, that was a thing, wasn't it? But, actually, I think I like the Godzilla one better, because Star Wars had, like, their... I just don't see... And it's funny because I think Disney came out a while ago and was like, oh, we're kind of proud of what we've done with the time. I don't think so. When you see the reception and the love that, like, you know, Insomniac Spider-Man got, like, people love that game. That game is universally loved. I mean, and then you look at what people did, you know, when they think Star Wars and they think EA, they think, first, a bunch of canceled games. Microtransactions. Microtransactions and half games. I mean, Star Wars Battlefront 1 did not have any sort of single player campaign they had that weird survival wave thing which is fine and multiplayer they didn't even have space battles i know you could actually yeah shoot ships and stuff but there was no space battles in star wars yeah that's crazy um they, not to mention battlefront games existed before that point so they had the template of what to do that people liked and yet they decided to abandon yeah, no, all that they just they just gave it up so it's i don't know when i think about this deal and hopefully ending at some point Especially now with, you know, the Skywalker saga ended and stuff like that. I think it's time to, sure, let EA do some of the games, but don't sign this exclusive deal. Give other people options, I guess. I'm I'm not sure what other company I would want to work. Devolver Digital. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Give it to them. Yeah, give it to them. Um, I don't know, yeah, I don't know who I would want. Like, yeah, in the dream world, yeah, I want Naughty Dog to make a Star Wars game. Because they'd be probably Imagine super like any creates though. But yeah, that's like yeah, something like that. But that's what I'm saying. So it's like, why can't we have a straight? Like I know there's like no information about Project Viking or whatever Star Wars Viking whatever they were gonna call it. Besides it being a spinoff of Star Wars, why couldn't it have been like a hundred percent spaceship game? Like a Rogue Squadron. Like a Rogue Squadron. Um, because those were really lovely. Really, really good. And yeah. there was that big thing that prod that the last Rogue game fell apart because of different aspects i think it's time to sure let ea do whatever not whatever they want but just don't i just don't think they should have that exclusivity they're really botching the the brand as a the star wars has so much potential as a game and i'm glad fallen order shows that and i hope they go more that route but i mean fallen order 2 is gonna have microtransactions for sure they're gonna monetize that one way or another exactly the thing is you got to kind of look at it like two ways critically i think this deal was pretty obviously a disaster. Mm-hmm. I think Fallen Order was great despite EA's best efforts to mess it up. Not that they're making a conscious effort to, but mm-hmm. they, they just have a magic, innate ability to screw the weird things up. I think when I look back at this deal, it's been, I don't know when they signed it back, like 2013 or something like that. But uh, I, I don't know when they signed the deal, but when I look back on it, all that goes in my head is just wasted time. All this empty space. And all these years we got three games two of them 
are a waste of time. I got both of them. But the reality is, critically, it was a disaster. But if you have to look at the financial realities, and I think they probably did get the returns. So when Disney's like, we're kind of happy with the deal, ultimately, on a financial aspect, I'm sure they are. But the problem is, with the way the state of the movies being received the way they are, mixed being nice about it with yeah. you know solo and last jedi and i'm not gonna get into that yeah i feel like in some ways they're just looking for good reception wherever they can get it and luckily you know mandalorian well received clone wars well received and they're just hoping i'm sure just we we want well received star wars games and so respawn being able to put out such a great game that's great i i'm sure though when it comes up for another ea game Battlefront 3 is going to be a hard sell for Disney to, okay, I, I'm pretty sure they'd be real hesitant and be like, no, 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 you give us more of that. You give us more of that because we need positive reception wherever we can get it because, again, the movies are where they are and Disney's not in the game of like, we're going to remove ourselves from the gaming industry to go to the people who can do it best and then it's worsely received than when yeah, they exactly. did it themselves. Exactly. That's just a waste of money at this point. If you're going to license it, you expect better returns because you're, you're putting towards the people who do it best and now that LucasArts is not in the development field directly they should be going with people like imagine if like imagine this reality a naughty dog jumping on it like imagine that be so good. And, and you got people like imagine like a Tom Hap doing like a Metroidvania style exactly, game yeah. like that where you're like exploring the deep levels of Coruscant and there's a, it's like a Metroidvania and it's like 16 bit type graphics like these are the kind of things I think of that are that could exist in some capacity if EA didn't have this like lockdown on on the IP. And again, I don't mind if EA makes more Star Wars games in the future. I just it's the exclusivity that I have a problem with. Mm -hmm. And who thought that was a good idea? I don't know. I'm not an exec. I would have never for a million years okayed that if I was in power. I'm like, no. Why would you want one team to make it or one publisher to make it? Let's lease this out to as many places as possible. Microsoft, what do you got? Sony, what you got? Nintendo, are you interested? I don't know, make Mario and Obi-Wan hang out. I don't, I don't care. I just, it's diversity. That's what I would like. Diversity of yeah. teams, diversity of style and genre. That's ultimately what I think will make Star Wars great again. I think they just have to go the, and I hate comparing them so much to Marvel, but, you know, they're owned by, you know, it is what it is who they're owned by. You have a core single-player Spider-Man game on so on Sony. You gave it to Nintendo, and they did Ultimate Marvel Alliance three, yeah. which not my kind of game. The top down, but well received. Match, but well received for the people who want that. So why? We'll see how Crystal Dynamics does. Crystal, <laughs> we'll see about that. Uh, well, yeah, that's a different story. I was gonna ignore that, but yeah, <laughs> for people who want, you know, a ten year late game. Who knows? We could be surprised. I, mm, we could be surprised. I would love to be surprised. Oh yeah. There's something there. I see the gameplay. It's there's also something profoundly off about it. But no, the, yeah, it's the it, combat's kind of interesting. It just also looks dated. Yeah, for but sure. But again, it's there for people who want that aspect. So you're telling me, so you have these different Marvel experiences. Why would you not want to do that with Star Wars? The same way, like, all right, EA is going to take care of the heavy first-person shooter. Even though they've been kind of botching Battlefield, the last couple of Battlefields have not been the best. Mm -mm. So, but anyway, you want to give, you know, a company that's known for shooters, the shooter aspect. Why, yeah, why can't we have Nintendo do a, a small, you know, whoever did the last Star Fox game, well, not the last one, but, you know, that kind of aspect of a Star Wars game, and just, again, and then have Respawn be doing their, je you know, Jedi, whatever. Give it to it software. Give it, yeah. Give, give it, it to them. Yeah, yeah, give it to it. Give it to it. Do that. 
after they're finished with Doom. Well, yeah, why not spread spread it, have different options, so people who look, you know, kids who want, like, a really easy game, there's Ultimate Alliance. The people who want that heavy-duty competitive shooter, well, there's the Battlefront series. But when you pigeonhole and want them all to, I mean, you gotta remember, EA's just, I know they make other games, but most, their money comes from, like, you know, FIFA and all the sports games. and Slightly more casual experiences. Exactly. And those games make Plants money. Zombies. Because of the microtransactions. For sure. That, those games make money. If you look at any recent sports game, it is always just card packs, time savers. You want to create a, a third face, you got to pay this, you got to pay this. That's not what you want in a Star Wars game. Because Star Wars fans, as a huge Star Wars fan, you are as well. Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah, look, <laughs> we don't want that. We want a solid, good game. Like, that's why Fallen Order was such a relief. Because Battlefront, you know, Battlefront Two had a story mode. It was lackluster. You know, it was such a cool idea to play as you know someone on the Empire side. To you know, spoiler alert, I guess immediately. I think you do one mission, bad. And I think you think immediately she transfers over to, you know, the Rebel Alliance, and it's just, yeah, you're pigeonholing them. And you're going to just keep getting less and less returns at some point. Yeah, for sure. And I think, like the music industry. That you can kind of play two different games. You can play the passion game or you can play the money game. And there's economic realities no matter what. These indie teams, they need to they have staff to pay. They need to make money ultimately. So there is kind of a monetization aspect no matter what type of game you're making. But I feel like just like music that are obvious music plays, the consumer can see through that a lot of times. And when you have a company like an EA or an Activision that their first and foremost main focus is making money and not making good games that can yield financial returns people can see through that Mm -hmm. and i think that's ultimately their biggest issue is that respawn wanted to make a good star wars game despite what their contemporaries were doing Mm -hmm. over at dice Mm -hmm. and they were able to do that and ea's always been in the game where it's like well let's make the money first what can we craft to be just a money sinkhole but people see through that and that has a lot of blowback as opposed to what I feel like Sony's been doing where they kind of focus on let's make the best games possible, give them the time that's possible, mm-hmm. and then we'll see the money on the background you know, with software sales and stuff like that. So I, I think they need to get more in contact with what the consumer is really asking for. And they'll, there is an economic reality where they can make great games and make money off that as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And not everybody succeeds at that. We've seen teams struggle with that reality where they make amazing arcade style games and there's just not the sales to translate it but i think generally speaking the people who are passionate about it put towards the man hours put towards the resources see the returns that you'd like to help that they they, they deserve yeah. so yeah it's again we'll see where they go with this they i guess you know the proof's gonna be in the pudding when they whatever the next star wars game is Hopefully it's good, and, and I, I do, you know, I don't want anyone to lose their job. I don't want them to put games out for free. Oh, no. But if you're going to heavily microtransaction, just look at Epic. Epic has Fortnite. Oh, yeah, they And I know that's, uh, you know, an asterisk there because it's really the only one that's doing it. Apex is kind of, which is them, is it not? Uh, Apex is, it's the Titanfall people, the Titan, right? Yeah, yeah, it's respawn from that aspect, yeah, yeah. so... I don't know. Why wouldn't that have been the Star Wars game? Yeah. Or Star Wars crossover event. Microtransaction, a free-to-play game, which I know sucks that you have to put a game for free, but people won't complain about microtransactions if the game's free. Yeah. Battle we'll Pass, all that kind of stuff. So, Who knows? We can ultimately be all wrong, and yeah. they'll sign another 10-year deal. 
Who knows? It could happen. It's probably more likely. We've seen crazy. It's, it's all about what the bottom line looks like. If, if they're, they're like, seeing the money, why deviate from that? Honestly, yeah, so. critical reception only means so much when people don't speak with their wallets. Yeah, Battlefront 2 was such critically, you know, hated for the microtransactions. I bought it at launch. I bought it. I bought it. After the first yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And we knew, we knew that was yeah. going to have its issues and we bought yeah. it anyway. So... I'm part of the problem. You're so part so of the am problem. I. But the thing is, yeah. that's what it is. it is. I just want good ones. I don't care really who makes them. I want them good. And I just want people who are passionate about it. So why not then? You know, it is what it is with them. All right. So now we're going to get into our first loose topic. We got two loose topics this week to kind of pad out the lack of long stories. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be an interesting one. Terrible games that we love. <laughs> now I would like you to start this. I want to hear your Okay. First. So terrible games we love. Shadow the Hedgehog, 2005. Oh, Shadow the Hedgehog. No, I don't get me wrong. I know <laughs> he runs around with a gun, a gun, and and all that stuff. But the thing is, I always liked Shadow, even when I was young. I know I'm a huge Sonic fan. We've talked about this before. There's just something about that game I enjoy. Like I got like the true ending, which is you have to do each path like twice to get the good ending, like the good good ending and the good bad ending, the neutral good ending. All those innings, like so, I play that game a lot because you go in there, do the branching stuff to get you the final. That lore. Yeah, you need that you lore. need to get the final story <laughs> mode, which is when he finally turns super and stuff. Because I do get why people hate the game because you know in some of the endings he he kills Egg, he kills Eggman. I'm trying to kill him. He kills Eggman. It's when he kills Sonic, and I get it. You know, it's rated T. I just like it. There's something about I wish Shadow spun off to his own series. And it would probably, surprisingly, probably be better than most Sonic games that release now. There's just something about that game. The soundtrack's super heavy, super dark. I don't know, maybe I was just... The edginess. I might have just been angsty when I played it, and it just... Could be. Always just If that came me. out now, I'm, I don't know if it resonates the same way. Probably not. Like, that's the same aspect you're thinking of giving Mario a gun, which Nintendo would never do, but Sega... Mario Cross Rabbids, he has guns. <laughs> It's not the that's same. That's true. <laughs> he does have a gun. That's true. There's like, but it's way more cartoony. They're like blasters, yeah. It's like blasters and stuff like that. This is like actual. You're getting space weapons, shooting beams. There's a little bit of blood more than compared to other games. But I just think overall, it just worked because I didn't go in expecting. It's not Sonic the Hedgehog presents Shadow the Hedgehog. No, it's his own it's thing. Shadow the Hedgehog game, and I want a sequel. I don't care. I want a sequel. Just I want Shadow just, too. Just. Shadow Battle Royale and just because that's the most the multiplayer in Shadow the Hedgehog you just play as different yeah, colored shadows. Yeah, just give me a Shadow Battle Royale. Just thinking, I'll back be the on ninja it. for you guys for that. Thinking for that back aspect. on it, it's like I almost can't believe that was a thing. Like it's almost it feels, it feels like a fever dream. That's like did that actually happen? Where they gave the spinoff character from Sonic a gun and then he kills the main bad guy. He's on the cover holding a gun. He just. That's, and he swears, doesn't he, too? Like, they really tried yeah, to make it edgy. he throws, like, a, a damn and a hell. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't go around saying the F word. <laughs> just dropping the F bombs. You know, um, it's just, again, they wanted to, to I, I know that they, they were targeting those, like, cool bad boy style people. Let me tell you, they got me with it. The ones know. with the tap out shirts. <laughs> yeah. Those guys. Tap out the Ed Hardy shirts. Ed Hardy. Listen, I just like that game a lot. And it is generally a bad game. I get it. But, man. I just love it. I just don't know why. I don't know why. I'll play it all the time. Well, funny that you mentioned Shadow the Hedgehog because my first horrible game that I absolutely love is Sonic Adventure on Dreamcast and then later ported to Game Boy. I mean, GameCube. (sighs) Where do I get started? So this is honestly front to back the game that I probably beat the most times, Mm -hmm. which sounds nuts. And it's not necessarily a stat that I'm proud of. 
but I've like I played this game on Dreamcast as a kid Mm -hmm. then I got it on GameCube and I beat it multiple times and I beat it I I became such a fine-tuned machine because I didn't have a memory card so I had to play it from the beginning every time I played it so I muscle memory I would just Mm -hmm. bang through it and the only slowdown would happen through Big's level but I don't want to Big the Cat I don't want to get into that game is terrible like beyond terrible there's very little redeeming about it Mm -hmm. The, the dialogue is unbelievably clunky the gameplay is janky as hell it it, fun is a weird way to phrase it not to mention when sonic adventure 2 exists Mm. and it's an improvement on pretty much every level it's a terrible game but it's a game that i have like such fond memories going to like the mystic ruins and going to the ancient mayan civilization of the ancient echidnas i i don't necessarily understand how that happened who at sega was like yes this is this is where we need mario 64 wait till they see this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's what I feel yeah, like in no, some ways no. is what they were going for, but I love that game. Like, I really do. So, Sonic Adventure and the sequel have a special place in my heart because, like you said, at least once a year, I play both. I go Sonic Adventure and I play Sonic Adventure 2. And it's fun every time. And the thing is, it's, yeah, and I don't get me wrong, as soon as I see Amy, uh, o- is it Omega or Gamma, whichever one the robots yeah, you play Omega, in that yeah. one, and Big, those three, I'm like, ugh. But I do it anyway. Those chaos fights. And I, yeah, the chaos fights, I shrunk through it. And I know, like, just how bad it looks and how it plays. I just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I agree with you. Those games just, there's something about them that makes them timeless. That's why they keep, you know, bringing them forward and forward with HD remasters or whatever. Remember when they go on a date to the the amusement park, Sonic Uh, and Amy? Like these are legendary gaming moments. There are, there are, there are. They, they, to us, there's at just least. so many iconic things in there, and it's just like, it's just, it is what it is. That game exists, and people, it, there's a fan base. You know, the Child Garden's unique. Great song too. People spend a lot great of time song. In it. We got to talk about the soundtrack. How about the soundtrack of Sonic? No, Adventure? yeah, for the Sonic Adventure series in general, the soundtrack is Amy's just theme, Knuckles point. theme, perhaps it's, it's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so next on my list. Uh, bad games we love. I specifically put Duke Nukem Forever, mm. but the Duke Nukem games in general, that series, I'll talk more about the series. Those games are terrible. Oof. These games are absolute garbage. And I know, you know, what they were back then, kind of copying Doom in the sure. aspect, but trying to be like a single guy bro shooter. And recently I, I played Duke Nukem Forever again. And it's so bad. Not that's just, like the one I've never played. I've just heard. So it's the last one, and uh, I don't even know what to say. It's yeah, it's hot garbage. But there's something when I play it that just just feels. It feels like when you were younger and you played a game, whether it was good or bad, and you just did it. That's me the whole time I'm playing any Duke Nukem game. It's like, do I really want to drive this little race car over a bridge just so he can get like a beer and then you can pee all over the place? I don't want to do that. But I'll do it constantly. I don't know. Again, I don't know what it is. The voice acting, you know, is just so cheesy. He's just this big, muscly guy trying to be like the babe slayer. I always just think of him as a hardcore Johnny Bravo. Yeah. And uh, so again, that franchise, the franchise in general, is just terrible. I know that you know Duke Nukem Forever specifically was in development hell for so long, went through like three cancellations, and still some reason came out. They somehow got that out. 
it's just ridiculous. And it's, you know, they have the weird, it's just everything about, they have the weird Mary-Kate and Ashley ladies in yeah. Duke Nukem Forever. Yeah. And there's this awkwardness. And again, they try to just, I guess, make almost like a statement, like, this is an old school game, because like, they get like raped by aliens and Crazy. impregnated by aliens. And the first thing is if they still look good to for Duke. And it's like, this game would no way survive a, a remaster, oh, no let's way. say. No or way. even a sequel, which is why we, I doubt we would ever get another Duke Nukem game. I've always kind of put it in my head with Laser Shoot Larry in terms of yeah. like remnants of an old era that like, in more ways than one, should stay in that era. I don't necessarily feel like they should bring it. They're gonna beyond get canceled, but uh, yeah, I do have a fondness to Duke Nukem. Mm-hmm. Again, I haven't played forever, but I played the older ones, and. <laughs> Again, it's just like being transported back to the yeah. '90s. Just nuts. There's nothing more '90s than Duke Nukem. Yeah, no. It's just that's all I really have to say. They're all over in general, just a bad game, gameplay wise, graphically. You know, they don't hold up well. And but for some reason, I do enjoy playing. I guess more like you said, like a relic of the past, just for for memory's sake of like, this was a thing you could do. You could make this kind of game. Not anymore. I kind of I kind of hope they do it though. They like THQ Nordic to bring. It to, I think they two, probably did it. I think Two K still. They own the rights to it. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it was Two K. I don't know. Someone has that. I don't feel like it would be hard to get those rights back. Yeah. I feel like I could get those rights. Uh, yeah, probably. Be like, here's fifteen bucks. Probably no THQ Nordic owns them now. I'm sure they do. They, I'll put money down that they, they do. They buy everything. So they own everything. We'll find out. So my next one is Star Wars Episode One Racer on N64. Mm. Now some people are gonna take umbrage with this. That game's terrible. Let's get it established. I have it on cart. I recently bought it. That game is clunky as hell. Mm-hmm. But the same nostalgia some people have for the movie is I would feel like it translates a lot to the game too. There are good things about it. Some of the gameplay has smooth parts, but one thing, the resolution. Oh my god! Nice. Like, and it's just, it's it's a weird. It, it didn't hold up in the same way I thought it would in my head. But I still had like a lot of love for it growing mm-hmm. up. I didn't even have an N sixty four. Growing up, so every time I play, it like instantly brings me back to my friend's house I would go to because he had the N64, I had the PS1, and we'd like swap when we'd go to each other's houses mm-hmm. and play it. And that was the one game I'd always play. He would put on Golden, and I'm like, yo, episode one racer. Pop that on. That's what we're playing. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was like obsessed with the movie. Now, in retrospect, I like to act like I never liked that movie because it's not something I'm particularly proud with. Mm-hmm. But no, I loved episode one growing up. And this game, just, it's really something. You know, I don't, I did own this game when I was younger my brother had this N64 and I do remember playing it I remember playing it a lot but I did recently not recently play it but last time I looked at footage of it it looks crazy it looks crazy and the last time I ever actually tried playing which we're going years back like made me kind of sick I don't know what it was just like the blur said, effect the, on the, the side that, is that kinda weird crazy. blur effect it just made me sick and I'm like this game makes me physically ill but I imagine I, that in VR though no Yo, thanks. Yo, where's episode one Razor no, VR? No thanks. Sony, don't do it. Do it. Don't do it. EA, you own the rights. <laughs> you do it. So that's that's interesting. That's interesting. I didn't expect you to say that one. Because yeah. like most people say, the people say it's a good game. No, it's not. No, 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 no. no. A lot no, of those no, Star Wars no. games from that Most era, of those, right? yeah. You know. You got the old Super Star Wars and then you kind of jumped to like. Mr. Lucas was wild. KOTOR. Yeah, he was signing on everything. Yeah. He just Knights of Terrascasi. You remember yeah, that no, one? No thanks. No thanks. That's interesting. That's a good pick, though. Yeah. I respect it. I respect it. Uh, my last game I chose was Square Enix, or they might have been Squaresoft at the time, The Bouncer. Oh. 
uh, big boy Sora, as I like to call it, because if you look that main character, if you look that main character, it's Sora. You know, did this predate Kingdom Hearts? I want to say it predated Kingdom Hearts. Okay, and it's just such a bad. It's so it's so everything works about the game except playing the game, which is the most important part of a game. You know, control wise, it's awkward. The combat is weird. It doesn't. Cameras fit. are weird. The camera is weird. You have this weird. You know. You have choices, but when it's like, oh, you want to play this character, this character, they're all kind of cool and edgy, and you're, you know, a bouncer, you know, via the name. I just don't know why they never decided to kind of resurrect that franchise in a... I, like, I get why, especially nowadays, because you can't have, like, that adult Sora-looking character. But at the same time, you, I guess you probably run into a little bit of Disney issue, because Disney kind of owns Sora a little bit, or whatever the issue is. They brought back World Ends With You, and that kind of looks like yeah, Sora, too. Yeah, that's so. true. So, I mean, again, this, I think it's rated T. I would like an edgier version. Mm. Like, just remake the game, but, like, full remake, and just make it a nice M game. Because these games exist, like, the Yakuza games exist, and all these franchises exist that are super edgy and super, I feel like, like Platinum adult. has a little bit of energy. Platinum has a Bayonetta, lot of that. For sure. Bayonetta, Vanquish, and all those other games. So, Square we, needs to kind of... They were really relying on like specific things. Bring this back and just relaunch it as a whole franchise because I think you're sitting on something. Yeah, there's something about the, the graphic style too that like it, yeah, it's like, weird and off putting, but at the same time, I there's something about that early PS2 look. That, yeah, it's just it that works. shiny. There's, there's so much that works about it. That I remember the opening cutscene and the vibes felt cool. You just felt like you were playing like as a young you know when I was so much younger. I felt like I was playing like an adult game because it was so edgy. The guys are like there's people smoking and like. Yeah, this looks cool, and it plays like trash. I haven't played it in a while, but yeah, it plays bad. The combat's funky. I play a lot of fighters and a lot of brawlers, and that's really what all that needs to be kind of fine-tuned, and then I think you're sitting on a good seller. Yeah, I mean, the last time I played it was a couple years ago because I found it on PS2 and I bought it. The, I have to give them credit, though. A lot of games at that time, there's zero impact when you're fighting people and that's like the one thing is there is a weight to it mm-hmm. that is kind of uncommon for that time we didn't really see that into the ps3 generation in terms of like brawlers really having that kickback and those those punches so that's like one well-designed aspect of it my compliments kind of end there but but no no i i would love to see them bring them back yeah. medieval's back this is the time to bring it back i don't know mm-hmm. how it'd sell with problem just us probably but yeah sell two copies i mean who knows all right, and my last one is one that I hold really near and dear to my heart, and it's a Castlevania Adventure on Game Boy. <laughs> now, these are one of the slowest platformers mm-hmm. you'll ever see in life. Mm-hmm. Going back to it is absolutely nuts because I have the Castlevania collection on Switch, so I finally got to play like an up version of it, but it plays exactly the same. Wow, like this game is slow, but there's something about it that one thing, the music's amazing in it, but like... I can't believe how slow it is. That at one point that I'm like, yeah, everybody's like, yeah, this is, this is okay. Castlevania on the go, but no, I I love kind of everything Castlevania except for Lords of Shadow. I don't like Lord, I don't like those games. But if if it's a Castlevania platformer, like you don't have to do much for me to like it. Mm-hmm. And so like I still really hold it near and dear. This is actually one of the few Game Boy games I also had growing up, which I wish for everything that I still had it. It's that's, so expensive to get now. Yeah, that's... and I didn't have the second one. I had I only had the first one, and the second one's way better than the first one. Mm-hmm. I wish I still kept this game because it's worth a lot. And I, it would, just playing it on cart would be like a really dope experience to have too. Have you ever played this game? No, not outside oh, I show of you this uh, game. certain 
Like, I've seen a little bit of it in premiums. But yeah, Castlevania on the go. Makes sense. Because everything was kind of getting ported back then. Mario, yeah. Mario, Donkey Kong, Country Games all got ported. And Zelda. Zelda, Link's of Awakening. course. So it makes sense to me. But you're, when people talk about like their the Castlevania franchise in general, their favorite Castlevania games, their favorite Metro Metroidvania style, this game never comes oh, up. Oh, no. Never. So it's interesting. I, I'm going to actually look into, you know, you're going to have to show me off camera. Maybe. Oh, yeah, I got the Castlevania maybe, collection. I'll show you. Uh, may, yeah, you know, because I have the Castlevania collection, but I, and I see it Fire there. that up. I see it, and I'm just like... Fire it up. Eh, and I'll go to Bloodlines or one of the original trilogy, so... Great music, though. Yeah, That's like the one thing me. about it. Yeah, it's so it is, it is accessible to me. I have it, like, it's on my Switch. Uh, will I, I... I mean, I'll probably play, now that you really mentioned it to me, maybe I'll go home, and the first thing I'll do is just... To I'll test it out, put so like we'll five see. minutes into it. Yeah, I'm not. Don't put much more than that. It'll I'm not good break, at Castle, your brain. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> super good at Castlevania games in general without like save states and stuff. So my time will be limited, but I can appreciate it for least, sure for just a little snippet. All right, so on to our second loose topic, mm-hmm. and this is our basically our favorite franchises. Now we both play a lot of games, so this mm-hmm. is not the easiest to narrow down our favorite franchises, but uh. How about you start this one and then we'll go from there. All right. So, as I've said maybe constantly on uh, gameplays and the podcast, Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm. I don't know what it is about the series that just speaks to me. I don't know if it's just like the nostalgia that I've always been playing this game because when my brother got like the 64, I got all the hand-me-downs. So I got the Genesis and the SNES. And there's something about the Genesis just playing Sonic 1, 2, and 3 just blew my mind. And... Recently, just we watched the movie together, the oh, Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog movie, which we both... Five-star cinema. Yeah, we both feel differently about it. Um, as it sits with me, I enjoy it a little bit more. I was deeply unsettled. Yeah. But deeply. It, it pushed me to go replay the original Sonic games. I know the later the 3D... We'll focus more on that. Sonic 3D Blast. Sonic 3D Blast and uh, <laughs> Sonic and the Black Knight. We know all these amazing games. But I do really enjoy Sonic 1, 2, 3 and Sonic... Generation and Knuckles... Similar. Just also the lock-in mechanization was always so so cool. There's something that's just about... It's not just like sped-up Mario. I do just like the aspect. The music is, I think, superior to Mario games. And I know iconically, you know, everyone remembers Mario a little bit more. But the level Hill's design... Zone, you had a good story without having, like, it block-texted to you. Like, you understand, you gotta get the emeralds, and you gotta beat this fat guy. And number two, you gotta do it again with a buddy. Number three, he's got Red Guy helping him. Red Guy. You know, I know their names, Tails, Knuckles. I know the lore of you know all their names. But in general, you didn't have to. I know back then you got to read the you know instruction booklet to get the story. Besides that, you really didn't have to. Knuckles comes immediately, crashes the waterfall. You fall and you continue. So you know this guy's a bad guy for now. There's something about that franchise that also the fact that it just denies to die. Like it, it Sonic 06, Let me tell you. That should have been the death nail. You think but you would that think, would have been yeah. the yeah the true death of Sonic, and yet they went and continued to make some good Sonic games, some okay Sonic games. That game just also it's got to the point where just the lore and the world of Sonic is just hilarious now. Like go follow Sonic Hedgehog Twitter, oh, yeah. or go try to talk hilarious. trash. Go talk go talk trash oh, to them. Good luck because they will just go nuts. Them and Wendy's get in a fight sometimes, and it's hilarious. But just again that franchise in general just gives me a little bit of what i want it's always good on the mobile because it's a fast-paced game on home consoles you got the original ones of course we have like we just discussed the sonic adventure games which 
aesthetically just are just a weird thing to it's like a, you just feel the vibe when you hear the music and you know the words you know what you're doing vibe for you know vibe for vibe beat for beat it's just great so that's that's probably again like like i've said before the franchise i'm most fanboy of like no matter what sonic game comes out day one i usually buy it yeah i mean i also grew up with sonic i don't have the affinity you yeah. have for it but I do have, like, the 2D preference, so, like, I can legitimately go back and play 1, 2, 3, Mania, Advance. Like, those are the ones that I tend to gravitate to. If I'm playing a 3D Sonic game 9 times out of 10, it's for the meme. Like, I enjoy them from that regard. Yeah. Uh, Forces is a wild journey. They're still going at it. With mm-hmm. I'm surprised that they haven't put out, like, that Sonic game yet. I feel like they're still waiting on that. Uh, like since the originals mania is out there but i I feel like they're gonna get their odyssey one day like i feel like they're gonna have a modern 3d sonic game that finally everybody's like well i think they finally did it i still feel like they have yet to do like a successful amazing 3d sonic game i feel i still like they're they're still kind of feeling like fixing the kinks of it and every time they get a little bit of progress it's like oh colors and and it's like Lost World aesthetically looks good, but then it's like the boom game happened. I'm like, it's every time they make like one step forward, they go like two <laughs> steps back. It is, and that's become a staple. Like you said, like they get so close. Like Sonic Unleashed got so close, but all that Werehog stuff. Yeah. Uh, for Generations was it? Generations was like spot on. It's just a little lack on levels. Yeah. And I know, you know, timelines and what it was supposed to be an anniversary game. The fact that we haven't gotten Generations 2 or why Sonic Forces wasn't just Generations 2 blows my mind because that's where you're sitting on money. People love Generations. The fact that they keep getting close, like you said, Sonic Colors, they're like, they got the platforming, the 3D right, but now here's the mimic with, you know, the, the gimmick with the little aliens. Or the least talked about uh, one, and, Sonic 4. No one ever talks about Sonic 4. Let me tell you, I have so I, own, I bought Sonic 4 on PlayStation 3. Yeah, that was I also own it on my iPhone. I actually just recently played them. The first one, episode one, was... Oh, again, yeah, because it was divided into episodes. They, they were going to divide it into three episodes. It well, only, only two came it out, It only right? ever made it to two. And it's just they're, they weren't, they they weren't made with love. The second episode is a whole lot better, but it doesn't do anything new. You know, so that's where, again, they... They try. That's why I'm glad Sonic Mania came out, and it's like, listen, this is made by fans for fans. Amazing game. There we go, and it's an amazing game. Just like you're saying, I hope they really hit like a good, good Sonic game. When that happens, just no one's gonna talk about it. You know, sadly. You know, the Game Grumps. They're just a meme now. They're gonna talk about it. You know, Game Grumps really only like to play bad Sonic games for the most part to, you know, trash all over it. But besides that, I can only hope we get a good Sonic game. Yeah, I have again. I think they can. I I think they got it in them. Besides Mania, love Mania. Support that team so much. Mania is amazing. Okay, mine pretty simple. Anyone who knows me knows I love this franchise. It's Castlevania series. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, I'm a little biased towards the older ones. uh, Specifically, Castlevania Three is my favorite Castlevania game. I do like the Symphony of Night era Mm -hmm. as well. Going into the Game Boy uh, Advanced and Nintendo DS ones. Other than that, like, and then Bloodlines, I have a lot of love for. Mm But I, I love this franchise. Like, I don't know if there's a franchise that has more games in it that I like. Like, in terms of just, there's a good, like, 90% of the Castlevania games I like. And the only ones I really don't like are the 3D ones, the Lord's Shadow. I just cannot get into those at all. Mm-hmm. I don't like Castlevania on N64 as well. But other than that, like, all the side-scrolling ones, I'm pretty cool with. Mm-hmm. I don't really like the iOS one. I played the Japanese version. I don't like, <laughs> like it's terrible. I don't like that one. But, uh, no, I, I have a 
big love. This is something that I kind of adopted a little bit later into my life. Like, I grew up on them. I liked them as a kid. Then I stopped playing them completely uh, during kind of like the midsection of my life. And then when I got back into retro gaming as I got older, I re-got into them. So it's been like a back and forth thing. But uh, what do you think about Castlevania? So I love the series for what it is. I don't play them because I'm not good at them. They're tough. But music-wise, character-wise, story-wise, lore-wise, they are so good and mm-hmm. do something just so timeless. The most ones I've spent most time with is Symphony of the Night and yep. Rondo, just because it was on the Dracula X collection on PSP. That's where I was first really introduced to Castlevania. Then I went to play the original ones. Could not do... I could barely figure out how to walk up the stairs. They're brutal. Now I understand how to do it, and it's not the worst thing. But that music's so iconic. Anytime, again, I knew I bought the Castlevania Anniversary Collection knowing I was going to play maybe two of them. And Got save states it. now, though, so it does, it'll help. I do have save states, so it does yeah. help. But it, it's a dedication because there's, there's a lot of kind of just knowing, especially Castlevania 2. If you don't know to, you know, kneel down oh, on no. this ledge yeah. for a bird to pick you up. Different Brutal. stuff like that took me off. But I love everything about it. And it, you know, inspired one of my favorite shows, which is the new Netflix animated series. You know, season three coming season up three soon, coming real close next week. Can't yeah. wait. March, right? March, yeah, March, yeah. early March. So that's my. In general, I love it. I do actually differ. Also, I did play Lords of Shadow, the first one. Yeah, and I enjoyed it for what it was. Then I skipped the middle 3DS one. Which oh yeah, there was kind a 3DS. Of sucky. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of sucky. And then number two was just terrible. It was like futuristic. You were fighting robots, and you lost that lore yeah i admit my bias with that yeah i'm sure that it's a fine game it's just i'm so set in my ways with it mm-hmm. i'm kind of like the same way with final fantasy that i'm like i don't want anything different that's you true. can move the yeah. camera unacceptable yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> all right so a next one on my list um one actually we just did a video actually or i did a video so the street fighter series i'm a huge fighting game fan i'm in that little culture whatever you want to call it ecosystem now i'm not great at every fighting game but almost almost every fighting game comes out, and you know this from some oh, of yeah. my collection. I usually have day every, one, every, day one. from Dead or Alive, Street Fighter, Tekken, Smash Brothers, Samurai Dragon, Showdown. Samurai Showdown. I get these fighting games because I do enjoy everything about them. But Street Fighter is the one, without a doubt, I always buy. I always get any upgraded editions, the final edition, arcade, super remix, turbo, gold. Don't care. I don't care about them. I don't care that they keep re-releasing because there's usually just an upgrade pass anyway. Maybe one or two new characters. Yeah, one like or two that. new characters, but it's like I want the newest version because I just like everything about it. I remember growing up again when I was, you know, given the hand-me-downs of the Genesis and the Super Nintendo, I had Street Fighter actually for both. Obviously, you play the SNES version, <laughs> yeah. which is superior. Oh, yeah, I So, but I remember spending hours and hours in there from the iconic break the cars to breaking the barrels to finding the secret way to get Akuma, who is my favorite Street Fighter character. And when you actually got so, you know, luckily when the internet came around and the true story of Street Fighter, who Ryu is and his connection to Ken, his connection to Akuma, and all the way the characters really interact with each other, it just spoke to me. And I mean, actually, coincidentally, oh, wearing the Street you. Fighter shirt, didn't know we were going to do this. But <laughs> anyway, there you go. See, that's how much I love it. Yeah. The shirt was like $4 and I was like, have to have it. Perfect. So that's just a franchise, no matter what, like Street Fighter, anything Street Fighter, I'm down to buy. Yeah, and I, I got to commend them. I don't know if a fighting 
franchise that's been able to reinvent itself so many times mm-hmm. with the time and still maintain that like level of quality the closest one i could say maybe mortal kombat they've managed to mm-hmm. dabble in that too but again they, like how many times has street fighter completely revamped the way it plays from one to two to the alpha series to four to five like they've changed so many times and mm-hmm. they've upheld this level of quality despite the artwork change and the character roster change they have like this heart and soul to it and this level of like the the way the metagame is designed that you got to give them like their credit and uh yeah i've loved pretty much every single one that's come out as even though i'm always kind of unlike you i don't go day one i'm always a late adopter because i know i'm like i'll get the complete version with the entire cast for 20 bucks when that comes out (laughs) and so that's what i did with five when i got the arcade version i had like everything in it so now you get champion edition (sighs) I can't. I can't keep doing this. It's like twenty five bucks to upgrade. That and then that's why I got like the ultra version of four with everything in yeah, it. Yeah. Eventually, we're gonna get the ultra five or something, whatever it's called. I think champion edition. You top. think that's it? The I last think one? because even if you didn't have arcade, champion gives you everything. How many versions of two were there? So that's what I wonder about. Like, how many could versions? be its own video because yeah. there's legal versions. I haven't actually. I actually have a. Oh yeah, there's like the fake. A bootleg. I have Super Street Fighter Two Turbo Rainbow Edition. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, which Rainbow is a, is a thing. Um, it is what it is. Is it on cart? Yeah, I have okay. it on cart. It That's was like cool. a Mexican. I got it at a flea market, not knowing what it was. I, yeah. I usually wouldn't support that kind of stuff. I just saw Street Fighter. That's cool, and I bought I it. Know, but yeah. it is what it is. Okay, so my second one is a franchise that I've been playing pretty much since I was a kid on PS One. It's the Persona franchise. Mm. Now I was one of those few people. I did play mm. Persona One and Two. Uh, I then eventually replayed them on PSP when they brought all of them back there. And I remember playing Persona as a kid on PS1. There's no way I, I understood what was happening. Mm-hmm. There's no way. Because I was really young playing those. For some reason, I was like the one JRPG guy in the house. And then I just played as they evolved. And 3 was the one that really changed it for me. 3 with just the edginess with the shooting yourself in the head. So good. Having it portably. Mm-hmm. And then 4 on Vita just cemented it in my head like mm-hmm. yeah they, they're onto something and then with each iteration they just get better and better and better and even though i'm not like a persona q guy like i think they've got that whole etrian odyssey integration thing mm-hmm. that's a great game in its own regard too so I, I just like love every single game about it i love the increase in the focus on social links even though the old ones don't really have that i love the cast um i'm excited to jump into r when I, whenever i get that i don't is that out yet uh march okay so i don't know if i'm getting that day one i don't know I, don't, I, I feel like I want to space it out a little mm-hmm. bit because I played one not super long ago. I, I rebooted it up and I put in a couple more hours into it. At this point, yeah, I'm probably like 90-something hours mm-hmm. in or something like that. I, I want to give it a little bit more time because I'm so fresh off of the original five before I jump into the newest one. But yeah, I like love every single game. And I would love like some kind of remake or refresh of three and four brought onto modern consoles. But what do you think about Persona? So this is where I got to give you credit because you're the one who was like, yo, play Persona. Oh, yeah. And so me and RPGs in general, it's like, it's hard for me to, there's, when an RPG clicks to me, it just works. The classic Final Fantasy is usually six through nine is my sweet spot, uh, excluding a few, you know, like eight's not really my thing. Yeah, me neither. You know, and other RPGs, it's always in a random, like Golden Sun kind of hooked me. So it's kind of hit or miss, Dragon yeah. Quest kind of hooked me. And the first time you told me when I got a Vita, everyone was talking about Get Persona 4 Golden. Mm-hmm. Didn't really know about Persona. I knew a little about Shin Megami Tensei. I knew a little bit of that world and where Persona lands under that umbrella. And I could not stand Persona 4. I played for like 10 hours and I was like, boring. I've only done one fight. I can't stand this. And I put it away for a long time. 
And then you were really pushing me because I went and spent time playing Danganronpa. Yeah. And you're like, if you can play Danganronpa. You oh, know. yeah. If you get through that, then. So I said, in a different mindset, I restarted 4 and I fell in love with it. As you know, you know, you you beaten the game pretty quickly, I think. I think you've captured. Four? Oh, yeah, yeah. Four. I got through really, really quick. So my first time playing four, I spent 72 hours <sighs> playing four. And I didn't even max. I just was taking my time. The characters were there. The story, even though I figured out pretty quickly, just was solid. Kept making me go. All the characters were just fun to interact with. So then from there, I spawned backwards. I went to three, which was available on Vita. Yep, backwards. Because backwards was apparently a thing Sony wanted to do. Don't if only. What, if only. And it, I, I just immediately wanted a remake because it was so cool, so dark. When they first time they start shooting themselves <laughs> yeah. in the head to summon the persona was just amazing. Then I went for for culture's sake. I played the first two, and they're fine. Yeah, they're very different games. Yeah, they're very, very different. different. And you can see where you know these. There's like a from. they're very Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah. more so than what persona, persona eventually became. Became exactly, and then of course when five came out, I bought it day one. Um, and I don't even think I beat it. I was somewhere in like the 60 hour range. It's a long it's game. It's just a big game. And then at some point I stopped when they announced Persona 5 Royal because I was like, I'll get to it then. And that's going to be fun whenever I get a chance to get to it. I wish they would put it on Switch. Oh, that, that would be ideal. I'd get that day one if I could For play it in sure. bed. If I could just that, that would just help with the time. On the like go, yeah. lunch breaks, all these kind of, that's where I want to play Persona because that's where I played Persona 4 the most. There, I could dedicate lunch, another 70 hours. Then I can redo yeah. it. Like, and I know they have that campaign going on to, you know, Atlas is like, keep pushing for it because we know you want 3, 4, 5 on Switch. Oh, I'd love that. Well, hurry oh, I'd up. I'd replay every single Hurry one. up and do it because you're sitting on just, people will just print money for you. Every, day one, I'd yeah. buy every single so, one. So, you know, in general, I know I went on a small rant, but I just, on, in general, I love the Persona franchise now because of you because you kept pushing it to me. And... I'm glad I can get uh, you someone into it. Yeah, yeah it, there's some. There was something just there that sparked. And five, I love five, obviously. Uh, and the spinoff, the dancing games. Oh, I own dancing, all, yeah. I platinum them. Persona Four Dancing All Night on Vita, where it belongs. Yes, so, ideal console. There you go. Um, so, so the last one I mentioned again, it's it was hard to kind of. I mean, on my list, I have like seven, tie, uh, you know, franchises. But I wanted to choose something a little bit different was the Halo series. Mm. So this is a series that's been going on for a long time. As you guys you know, I don't think I've ever discussed it, but I know we've talked off cam about it, that for one Christmas, you know, me and my two brothers, we all got the systems. You know, one got GameCube, one got PlayStation, and I got the Xbox. And I was pushing for GameCube because I knew Smash Brothers was going to be a thing, and I was pushing for it. Understandable. And, you know, PS2 was cool, but I didn't really... Again, didn't care for like JRPG or I don't know, Spiral Enter the Dragon. Yeah, I like was Metal Gear at the time. And, you know, Metal... You know, I, I didn't care. But man, when I launched Halo and just saw what it was, like this space marine guy trying to save the place from aliens, and then you take it to a level where you care about the characters, care you know about Cortana, and what this you know, Halo series just really influenced. Like every shooter that came out after Halo Killer. We yeah. want to be the Halo Killer. And you really didn't get a Halo Killer until Microsoft themselves did Gears. Yeah. And even again, they exist, you know, together now. And it's just a series that stuck by. It's just a solid first-person shooter. I know they've kind of lost their way because you've lost, you know, it was Bungie. Obviously, I'm a huge Bungie fan. Now the so 343, right? Now, you, you know, you have 343 who took it in a different aspect, and they kind of really ruined it with 5. And we're really hoping Infinite kind of Hopefully. brings it back. But 
And I know you recently played. Uh, you're playing through the series. I yeah, think. yeah. I've I've gotten into three now, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this is my first time ever running through. I did not have an Xbox growing up, and I had no exposure to an Xbox. Mm-hmm. So I'm with my Xbox One. I'm experiencing basically de- like a decade worth of the catching up. Yeah. I'm playing Gears for the first time, playing Halo really phenomenal stuff though they hold up amazing mm-hmm. like for how old they are and you can see that like yeah without halo call of duty is not a thing like mm-hmm. all these shooters that have come from the modern era like i i see like the how it's affected like games like like a borderlands like all these games take mm-hmm. from what halo's built and playing through like halo one it took me a little bit of time like the the first few missions of halo one i'm like oh, i don't know about this mm. it seems kind of dated but then when you really see like that kind of multiplayer aspect of it the land party like all these things that it influenced like i i finally understood i'm like oh so this is why people were buying xboxes all these years yeah. when i had the playstation console i'm like what are you guys buying <laughs> these consoles for there's nothing on them but halo and gears who who cares about halo gears yeah. and now replaying them i'm like so they're they are a little bit deeper than the the bro shooter. Like they're these really amazingly well crafted first person shooters that I don't think many first person shooters can really outdo them on. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see Infinite kind of set them back on course because I think there is a place for Halo in the modern landscape. And I I think with a new generation they can really get their footing again and compete in a real way. Especially if they take from games that they inspired, like Titanfall. Titanfall, in a new way, in many ways, kind of took what Halo built and, mm-hmm. like, expanded it. If Halo can kind of take some back and kind of yeah. reinvent themselves again, I feel like Halo can have its place. Especially on this new console. Microsoft's trying to regain their footing. And if they come out strong, man, I, I feel like this can not only fix the Halo franchise for where it got, but, like, fix Microsoft, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they lost their way for so long. Like, Halo 5 is really, like... Halo 4 was warm received halo 5 was like really bad for like the micro again microtransactions ruining it the loot box system the story system the story was really weird because like that weird because it's funny because they had like good marketing where it was like you know lock versus chief hunting them down yeah yeah. you don't hunt each other down spoilers alert but that game's old it's on game pass go play it you don't hunt each other down there is no epic fight there are some cool scenes together but you just kind of miss the point of it you're not doing anything the whole time the multiplayer, they went super Call of Duty. They pulled the wrong things away from these other popular shooters. They pulled the loot box. They pulled the microtransactions. You know, stupid things like aiming down sights is not a staple of the Halo mm-hmm. series. And you can do that. You're kind of hip-shotting all the time. Sprinting but, yeah. is a thing in Halo 5. And I don't remember if Halo 4 had it. I think I, I think Halo 4 had it in the single player. I don't remember if they brought it to the multiplayer. But there's still a community even now. And then you have the redemption story of the Master Chief Collection. When you get that big package... This is not even yet, not even including the spin-offs. Halo Wars, you have so you have the real-time strategy series. Yeah, you're still adding to it. So. You have you know Halo Reach, which is one of my favorites. It's not my favorite Halo game, which again that was the last one I believe Bungie created. So it was really their love letter to the series to really wrap it up. It's just a series that like like you said needs to bring it back to show why it's such a big title, why it was the Xbox sellers, why everyone bought that 360 so quick. So in 2000, I think seven 2008 when halo 3 came out that was a massive thing like there was nobody in my school everybody took that day off or you know was sick to go play halo 3 especially over live yeah i mean in many ways halo is what made xbox and i feel like halo can ultimately be what saves xbox in many ways if as long as they got their ducks in a row for this new one this is i feel like this is kind of make or break for halo at this point i really think infinite if, if 
Infinite doesn't hit the way it needs to do, like I feel like that's kind of the point where like Xbox needs to start putting their cards elsewhere yeah. in terms of really trying to push. But if, if they can kill it, that that can change the entire trajectory for the Series X at that point. Yeah, so. absolutely, absolutely. So my last one is a game, another one that I kind of grew up on that has since gone really off the rails, but I still kind of love it, and it's Saints Row. <laughs> now, for y'all who don't know, it kind of started during the 360 era, and in many ways, it was kind of Volition's answer to San Andreas. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of like this gang-based shooting, third-person action game with high customizable, but it kind of had a quirky edge, and that was what differentiated it from GTA at the time. And two got even funnier and more over the top and you were fighting luchadors and stuff like that. But it still had that kind of grounded street aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Three was what it took it to a different direction where it's like, okay, forget the gang stuff. How about if you were kind of like a mob boss? Yeah. And that was great. That, is, in my opinion, is kind of like the height of it. Some people think two is. I like three the best. The customization got even crazier. You're hitting people with all different types of things that are very explicit that I won't get into. But you're doing all kind of crazy stuff. And then four is when things, I think, went too far (laughs) and you became president of the United States and you were fighting aliens. And then next thing you know, the DLC, you're in hell. And then next thing you know, you're a future soldier in, what was that, Uh, Agents of Mayhem? Which is kind of like a spiritual successor slash spinoff slash whatever. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I have a lot of love for the franchise. I think they've gotten way off base, more so than even Halo. You want to talk Halo getting off base, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Saints Row is completely... And I feel like a lot of the cultural cachet they had at one point where, like, people were really talking about Saints Row being like, yo, this is a really hilarious thing. And a lot of people think that it's, like, some kind of GTA clone, some GTA ripoff where it kind of became its own thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like there is a chance with GTA V being as big as it is, and specifically GTA Online being as big as it is, I feel like Saints Row can have a place in the industry. They just need to get it together. And I feel like upping the ante can eventually work against yourself. How big, how much bigger can you get than President of the United States fighting aliens? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of scared to ask. I'm, Saints Row 5 is in development, so we'll see. But do you have any love for Saints Row? So, yeah, I really do like the series. Again, my entry to the series was Saints Row 3. Okay. So, which I remember playing that was super just... Because I was never a big GTA fan because of the groundedness, but... Then you start Saints Row Three, and you're in a helicopter with that John, the Johnny Gats, yeah, mascot head. You have Kanye West playing. In, I want to say Kanye West is over. Yeah, and you jump out. Yeah, yeah. So you got this power. Song, power. You have power playing in the background. I was like, this is amazing. You're like stealing a safe, and it's like it's so nuts. And I was like, this is perfect because it is an open world, you know, similar to GTA, but like you're saying that quirkiness, the story, the hilarious just nonsense that goes on is what really captivated me. It just felt like an old school like comedy movie. Then I did go back and play uh, 1 and 2 just to get familiar. I really like 2. But it, every time I'm playing it, I'm just like, oh yeah, this feels like a GTA clone. Yeah. Then 4, I really did not enjoy that much. The powers be- was Because, you know, 3 had such a good like car customization, but then you had the superpower you were faster than cars. So why would I even waste my time in a car? And all the abilities was what's nuts. I wish that was more like a small expansion. Get out of hell! I just didn't. I just didn't get it. Where you were just Gat trying to beat. They lost me that. Yeah, that they lost me that one time. My only experience was that one time when we went to that convention. And we were yes. When we hooked it up to the TV. That's my only experience with Get Out of Hell because it was free on PS Plus one day. And I have no intent on playing it again. I know. So they put three on Switch. Yes. Four is, Four is coming. coming to Switch. And that's going to have that package in. It's going to be packaged yeah. in. And then, again, they did say the next Saints Row game is in there. 
in the works so i hope they just dial it back a little bit don't i just the, the u.s president thing was such an amazing next step and then you added the weird cyber world versus aliens so i was like oh i just remember august i believe august of 2013 yeah yeah it had to be 2013 and the day it came out i had it pre-ordered and this is saints row 4 this is saints row 4 at this point and this is a couple months or actually a month because I think GTA 5 came out in September. Yeah. So this was like the thing that like everybody was excited about GTA 5. And I'm like, you guys can have that. I'll get to that. But no, this is Saints Row 4 day. And I remember walking from my house all the way down that road. No sidewalks. Yeah. You know where I'm talking about. Yeah. To yeah. that GameStop in the dead of summer just to get this game. And then I'm like running home and I'm playing it. And I remember just my smile dissipating like, oh my God, what did they do? But like there's something about it where it's like. Every game has redeeming things, and ev also every game has things wrong with it. So it's like the first one has that kind of like street gang warfare thing. I think a lot of the good things about uh, Saints Row 1 are good things that Sans uh, San Andreas had going for mm -hmm. it. The second one, the humor, I think, is some of the best written humor out of the entire franchise. Three has the best gameplay. Four has the benefit of like diversity so it changes the gameplay style there's like a section where they're like making fun of like uh metal gear solid and you're kind of doing yep. like a stealth thing i don't know if you remember that yeah, at the beginning yeah. so it's like they, there's like an ambition to four that i respect they had like some mass effect stuff that they were mm -hmm. making fun of so they're like i i like the kind of balls they had in four mm -hmm. it's just uh i i don't think the execution was necessarily great yeah so i i'm curious to see what they do with saints row five i feel like Sometimes when I read between the lines, I feel like they're going to try to dial things down mm -hmm. a little bit because I don't think 4 worked the way they were hoping it would. So we'll see ultimately what becomes of it. I have a lot of love for Saints Row. I have a lot of love for Volition. And it's a franchise that I go back to pretty often. I replayed 3 front to back about a month and a half ago, mm -hmm. not too long ago, before we started the channel. And it held up um, amazingly. Yeah. Soundtrack's amazing. Cleaned up well. I played it backwards compatible on Xbox. I don't know how it plays on Switch. I don't have any wish to play them on Switch. I heard not good. That's all I know. I'm okay yeah. on that one. Y'all have fun with that. But yeah, I got a lot, for, a lot of love for Saints Row. Yeah, no, that's... Uh, I keep... You know, it's funny. Like, they know what to do right sometimes. Because my favorite parts of Saints Row 4 was when you were playing the flashback scenes to Saints Row 1 and 2. Yes. Don't forget going those, back to going Stillwater, back to right? Stillwater, yeah. and you got to do the beat-up thing. Those, I forgot about man, those. Things, yeah. Yeah, everyone forgets about the love letters. To, it's, they knew. That was really cool. They knew what they people liked. So I think they kind of hopefully have a handle on it, knowing like, well, listen, we went too far. Now let's give people what we love, which, again, is a sweet spot between 2 and 3. You know, a marriage of that is where we really need the Saints Row series, hopefully, to be. And also what gives me hope is that and for the few people who pay attention to Saints Row lore, in many ways, Get Out of Hell and the ending of 4 retcon a lot of the very finite choices they made in mm -hmm. 4. No spoilers, they destroy the Earth <laughs> and wipe out all of humanity. Yeah, They retcon that and they found a way to walk it back, which gives them 100% ability to go back to pretty much any point chronologically they want in the series. So I feel like they wouldn't have set that up if they didn't fully intend on kind of dialing yeah, things resetting. back. So that gives me hope. I like to tell myself that to give maybe they'll figure something out. And again, THQ Nordic would be the one publishing it. They, THQ owns the right to that. I think Volition. I don't know if it, Volition how that works ownership wise, but I know they'd be working on mm -hmm. it. And so THQ Nordic seems to be giving anybody a paycheck that That's wants true. it. To, That's true. So 
I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Saints Row five, six, and seven. To be honest, so and I'm gonna buy every single one. It's like oh, one of my course. few series yeah. that's like, if Far Cry drops on, I'm buying it. Fallout drops on, I'm buying it. And if Saints Row drops on, I'm there too. So yeah, that was our podcast. Hope yeah, you guys enjoyed fun. it. Yeah, it's been two loose topics this two time. Two loose topics because not much news. We're hoping next week. Hopefully next week we get some news, or at least we have some big games coming up. That this we'll next gen thing, I gotta get cranking soon. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, coronavirus is. Uh, Public enemy number one now because Pretty you're, much. you're delaying everything. Now. And hey, if Sony doesn't say anything, I have faith in Microsoft. They'll say something. Oh, yeah. They'll, they talk a lot. They'll, so. yeah. they'll Spencer with the tweets. All right. This was the Neo Vintage Podcast. This was Jabrell. I'm with Steve, as always. And I hope you guys join us till next time. Bye.